Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's better than this? Guys being dudes here on the Draft Dudes Podcast, presented by Locked On. It's Joe Marino from the Draft Network, and I am your host here on this Monday edition of the show. Kyle, I look, I thought he was coming back into town from his trip to Louisville on Sunday so we can record on Monday, but I didn't realize he was coming back on Monday, and so when I told you on Friday we'd be back together on Monday, I didn't have the right information, or I at least assumed <laughs> I assumed incorrectly. So Kyle's traveling today. You're stuck with me, but we're going to have fun anyways talking about the 2017 NFL Draft. I'm guessing Kyle just didn't want to talk about Charles Harris, who the Dolphins picked at number, what did they pick him at, 22 overall. Uh, through two seasons in the NFL, Charles Harris has more offsides penalties than he does Sack. So I get it, Kyle. I get it. If you stayed in Louisville another day to avoid having to discuss Charles Harris with me here on this podcast, I totally get it. But anyways, looking over this draft, I think the most fascinating thing is the same NFL that took Blake Bortles at number three overall let Patrick Mahomes slide to number 10 and Deshaun Watson slide to number 12. Meanwhile, Mitchell Trubisky was the number two overall pick. Fascinating, right? I know it's only like been two seasons and there's still a lot to learn about this class, but my goodness, Watson and Mahomes in hindsight should have been the top two picks. Instead, Kansas City trades up, Houston trades up, and they get their franchise quarterbacks at 10 and 12, respectively. Very odd, given the environment in the NFL for quarterbacks and how important they are. It's a quarterback-driven league. It's a passing league. And those guys with that type of talent fell to 10 and 12. Now, they did not not have their warts. You know, Patrick Mahomes coming out of the air raid system at Texas Tech, very much a, t- a touchdown to check down type passer, risk-reward. Uh, really, you, you just got nervous about his ability to translate to the next level and keep an offense on schedule. You like the upside, but there was a risk associated with his transition to the next level. Now, I recognize that there was plenty of people out there that loved, Trubis- uh, loved Mahomes, but there was a risk associated. Now, I mean, in hindsight, it's foolish to talk about him sliding to number 10, but here we are. Deshaun Watson, you know, had a, an amazing career at Clemson, a big-time leader, a big-time talent, but there were questions about his decision-making and accuracy, and that pushed him to number 12. Well, we overthought it. The NFL overthought it. And <laughs> the Chiefs and Texans are quite happy with 
what they were able to do in moving up to get their quarterbacks. Um, now, Miles Garrett, the number one overall pick to the Browns, certainly hasn't been a disappointment. 20 and a half sacks over her, his first two seasons in the NFL really came on last year. And look, I mean, you could say Miles Garrett in 2017 and Baker Mayfield in 2018 was quite the haul for the Cleveland Browns, and maybe they don't have that much of a regret when it comes to picking Garrett and not Mahomes, but at the time, knowing what we know now about Mahomes, it's at least an interesting discussion. I did a redraft today for the draftnetwork.com where I made new picks for, well, I guess not new picks for every team, but for a lot of teams. I wound up having, it was interesting because I had I wound up having 12 guys that weren't picked in the first round going in the first round of my redraft. And I think that's really interesting that like after two seasons on the field, that many players picked outside the first 32 wound up going in the first round. Some of those players, Juju Smith-Schuster, I had him going number five to the Titans. I had uh, George Kittle going number nine to the Bengals instead of John Ross. I had uh, Eddie Jackson, who went, I think, what, in the fourth or fifth round. I had him going number 14 to the Eagles. Kenny Galladay, wide receiver, I had him going number 16. Alvin Kamara's a first-round pick. In this scenario, I had him going to the Buccaneers. I really liked my analysis for this pick. I, when I was researching you know, who I would have the Buccaneers pick instead of O.J. Howard because – you know, look, I, I love O.J. Howard. He still went in the first round, but I was trying to think, okay, knowing what we know now, who would have been the pick? I settled on Kamara. You guys have heard us dog on Peyton Barber and the season he had last year. Historically bad. But in the four of the previous five seasons, Tampa Bay's leading rusher did not have more than 560 rushing yards. And four of the last six seasons, the Bucks' leading a- rusher averaged less than four yards per carry. Uh, so I thought Alvin Kamara would be one heck of a pick for them. I had Desmond King, the cornerback from Iowa, going in the first round to the Detroit Lions. Joe Mixon from the Bengals goes to Miami at 22. Zach Cunningham, the linebacker, he's number 24 overall. Deion Dawkins, Bill's left tackle, goes 26 to Atlanta. Dalvin Tomlinson goes 27 to Buffalo. John Johnson, the safety uh, that the Rams have, he went to Dallas. And my goodness, he's been really good. I mean, last season, he get he racked up 119 tackles, 11 pass breakups, and four interceptions, and he's really been exceptional for the Rams. Uh, I also had Taylor Moton going number 32 overall, who really came on for the Panthers last year. So quite the shakeup when it comes to the redraft. You can check that out over on the draftnetwork.com. All right, let's talk a little bit more specifics in terms of players that are excelling when it comes to this draft, uh, the three best quarterbacks did go in the first round, and Watson, Trubisky, and Mahomes. Uh, both, you know, all three of the teams that drafted those guys probably feel really good about having them as their as their quarterback. Even Trubisky, who was, you know, look, he's not nearly as polished it seems right now as Mahomes or Watson, but he showed really good growth last year with Jim Nagy, or excuse me, with Matt Nagy as the head coach, and really, you know, elevated his play uh, on as part of that, you know, that. 12 and 4 Chicago Bears team last season. Um, we haven't seen much from the rest of the quarterbacks. Deshaun Kaiser's really struggled when he's played. Nathan Peterman could not have struggled more 
when he's been on the field. And C.J. Beathard's been okay as a backup. But I think you know, even when we're looking back at this class in five, ten years, Watson, Trubisky, and Mahomes are going to be the storied uh, trio of quarterbacks. And I don't know that we'll we'll see any of the rest even being starters, maybe some preferred backups, if anything. Now, when it comes to the rushing leaders, this is interesting because you know Kareem Hunt. He's been the best back in terms of rushing yards. He's been the most productive running back from this class as part of that dynamic Chiefs offense, 2,151 yards in his first two seasons. And obviously the the situation off the field led to his release, and now he's part of the Browns. And we'll see uh, what the trajectory of the rest of his career is, but he's certainly been very accomplished, a third-round pick, number 86 overall. Joe Mixon, my goodness, he was so good last year for Cincinnati, and that offense, that offensive line is really poor. So for him to rack up nearly 1,500 all-purpose yards last year for that Bengals offense is really exciting. Alvin Kamara has been exceptional. With Mark Ingram out of the way there, I think he'll have an even bigger role. Christian McCaffrey, I mean, my goodness, what do you have, 107 catches or over 100 catches last year? Really dominating as a, as a runner both inside and outside. But what he's been able to do in the passing game combined with the rushing has been really outstanding. He went number eight overall. And uh, he's been worth every bit of that pick. Now, the the number one running back in this class was Leonard Fournette, who the Jaguars took at number four overall because they wanted the identity of their football team to be the power running game. And, I, I mean, look, that's great. Whatever. You want to subscribe to that? Find another way to do it besides taking Leonard freaking Fournette number four overall. His vision was never good. Even when you watched him at LSU, you loved his power. You loved his, his burst for his size. But he, you know, how many times are you going to see him run into the back of an offensive lineman before you realize he's not a very nuanced runner? And sometimes it's bigger than being big, strong, and fast and elusive. It's about being able to see the field. It's about your step frequency and your step cadence, pressing the line of scrimmage, and how you create creases for yourself and manipulate the second level. There is a nuance that is important to playing running back. And if you watch Leonard Fournette at LSU, you realize that he didn't have that nuance. He was all physical traits. Plus injuries. And guess what he's been in the NFL? Physical traits plus injuries. He's not worth the number four pick and never was. Chris Carson, uh, (laughs) number 249 overall pick, had a heck of a year last year for Seattle. Marlon Mack, lead back in Indy. Aaron Jones, likely the lead back in Green Bay. James Conner, the lead back for Pittsburgh. Dalvin Cook, the lead back in Minnesota. Tarek Cohen, uh, who's a big part of of the Bears offense. This draft completely shifted the landscape of running backs in the NFL. I mean, this is unbelievable, the amount of production that this group has already had in the NFL. The running backs have been outstanding in retrospect, thinking about this 2017 NFL draft. Now let's talk about the pass catchers. Interesting enough, when I sort the receptions leaders so far for the 2017 NFL draft, I have a running back, and Christian McCaffrey, who's been the most productive pass catcher with 170, 187 receptions. Then I have a wide receiver in Juju Smith-Schuster with 169 catches. Then I have a running back in Alvin Kamara with 162. George Kittle, 131. Tarek Cohen, 124. Evan Ingram, 109. And one, two, three, four, five of the leading six receivers from the 2017 draft class are not wide receivers. 
the running backs and tight ends. It's quite interesting if you ask me. And then we start getting guys like uh, Cooper Cup, Corey Davis, Kenny Galladay, D.D. Westbrook, Chris Godwin, who really came on for uh, Tampa Bay late last year. And we figure he'll have a big role in Bruce Arians' offense this year with uh, with Deshaun Jackson, not part of the mix anymore. But the the, the productive pass catcher, catchers when it comes to the 2017 draft we're not always so far have not necessarily been receivers and it speaks to the versatility right of the NFL where you know more guys are getting involved as pass catchers be it running backs and tight ends and really guys that are multifaceted it really matters and let's be honest it wasn't that great of a receiver year I like Corey Davis he showed some flashes last year for the Titans but he's got work to do Cooper Cup's been really good in that role for the Rams Kenny Galladay had a thousand yards for the Lions last year and he has a lot of exciting traits um, and of course, Juju Smith-Schuster, who's just been far and away the you know the best receiver out of this class. So there's 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 excitement about where it's going. But for some of these receivers, it didn't you know they didn't catch lightning in a bottle right away. They really were kind of you know modest production as a rookie. Then they start to come on as a sophomore, where the only guy that's really stacked together two really you know premier seasons to start their career has been Juju Smith-Schuster with the Pittsburgh Steelers and obviously with Antonio Brown not in the mix anymore I'm very anxious to see how his game continues uh, to evolve now you still have guys like Mike Williams he'll have a bigger role this year in year three of his career 10 touchdowns last year for the Chargers Tyrell Williams no longer part of the mix so he'll command a bigger role Uh, Curtis Samuel I mean Panthers fans love Curtis Samuel um, and look, he fits really well with North Turner's offense and, and the style of football that he wants to play, uh, getting him involved in, in a multifaceted role. And I've been really impressed with Curtis Samuel's development in terms of him at the catch point. I remember back at Ohio State, you just saw a lot of variance in terms of his ability to position himself to, to catch the football, finishing catches. But in the NFL, this dude's been going up and making catches in crowds and elevating for the football and really showcasing ball skills. I mean, the growth there has been really really exciting so a lot of good playmakers coming out of this class uh, when it comes to running backs wide receivers and tight ends but the wide receivers seem to be taking a little bit more time than some of the other positions and you know more specifically on tight ends we've got George Kittle we've got OJ Howard we got David Njoku from this class we've got Evan Ingram from this class Uh, I mean this has been this this tight end group has been really really Outstanding. I mean, even Gerald Everett's been making plays. Jonu Smith's a player that I know the Titans like uh, quite a bit. So this has been a good group of of tight ends uh, that was produced here in this 2017 NFL draft. Now, one thing shifting gears to the defensive side of the football. One thing that's been interesting in terms of some of the feedback that I've gotten from my 2017 redraft is that with the with the New York Jets pick at number six. I had them going for T.J. Watt over Jamal Adams, and I had Jamal Adams going with the next pick to the Chargers. But I mean, not more splitting hairs. You know, it's it's kind of it's actually an unnecessary conversation to compare who's been better, T.J. Watt or Jamal Adams. But there's been there's been some Jets fans. One Jets fan said it was asinine that I would uh, say that Watt would be the pick over Adams. Well, look, they've been both been very high impact players. But Jamal Adams hasn't been making the turnovers and the big splash plays that T.J. Watt has. They both only have one career interception. Newsflash, one's an outside linebacker and one's a safety. And you look at T.J. Watt, who has racked up, what does he have, 20 sacks across his first two seasons? Yeah, 20 sacks. I mean, and, and his versatility to play you know, both 
in a stand-up role and work in pass coverage or rush off the edge. His run fits have been really good. I mean, he's been a really good all-around player. So has Jamal Adams. But for me, you look at the Jets, you know, there was more opportunities for them to get the safety thing right. There's tons of good young safeties in the NFL right now. But edge rush is still at a premium. And right now, I'm not very excited about who they have coming off the edge in New York. Um, I think that when when I, a lot of times when I get into these types of discussions about you know who would you rather have, a lot of times it comes down to who's easier to replace. I think it'd be easier to replace Jamal Adams and T.J. Watt. That could be me. Let me know if you if you think that's a ridiculous statement. Hit me up on Twitter at the Joe Marino is the handle. The best linebacker from this class has been Zach Cunningham, who went number fifty seven overall. Jared Davis, the first round pick, he struggled. Uh, decent amount i mean like he's had some flashes he was really good in that game against buffalo last year but by and large he's been inconsistent hopefully he'll take a step forward this year for matt patricia in that defense and uh, hassan reddick uh, the the cardinals pick has really kind of been a disappointment so far as well so i mean there's there's still time here but you know, when you think about the linebackers you know the first two weren't necessarily the best. Zach Cunningham's been great. Jayon Brown for the Tennessee Titans, number one fifty-five overall, has been really outstanding. Matt Milano, the Bills pick, number one sixty-three overall, he's been terrific. I mean, even Anthony Walker, one sixty-one, has carved out a role there for the Colts. So the value at linebacker came later on, more so than you know the, with the earlier selections. Uh, Raquan Mill- McMillan, he missed his first year, but you know in terms of him being a downhill type player uh, as a run defender at number fifty-four overall, has been at least a decent football player. So, um, yeah, I mean, you think about you think about Milano, you think about Cunningham, you think about Jayon Brown, and you realize that the the value at linebacker was not to take one early based on how things have come. And you know, Jayon Brown, man, just thinking back on his tape, he was really good on tape. I was surprised he fell. But I'm also very excited to see the role that he's been able to carve out there for the uh, Tennessee Titans, as well as Matt Milano. I rave about Matt Milano um, all the time. And if you don't know about him, get to know him because he is outstanding. Uh, Let's take a look at some of the defensive backs. Uh, I've already kind of touched on Desmond King, who's been freaking awesome for the Chargers. Uh, He's a versatile guy. He's been really good as a returner. no idea. If you watch his tape, he was much better than pick number one fifty one overall. Eddie Jackson, eight interceptions in two seasons. He, you know, he's he's been making house calls as well, scoring defensive touchdowns. He went one twelve overall. Kyle will flex all over you on that. He had a, a first round grade on Eddie Jackson, and people gave him shit for that. Well, jokes on everyone else because Kyle nailed that Eddie Jackson eval. Um, you know, Demonte Kazee has you know he's transitioned over to play a lot of safety for Atlanta. Seven career interceptions so far. He's been a solid player. Marcus Williams in New Orleans. I already talked about John Johnson. Malik Hooker, he started to come on after an injury-plagued season, uh, a rookie season. Malik Hooker, the safety for the Colts, has been really good. And so you, you look, and Marcus May has been good. Xavier Woods is getting ready to take a step forward, I think, uh, playing alongside Jeff Heath in the back end in Dallas. And, and you look at these safeties. I mean, this, this is a freaking good draft class. I mean, just hear the guys that I'm talking about. All, all across the entire order are quality players at seemingly every position at all portions of the draft. Um, cornerbacks, I mean, my goodness, those have been outstanding as well. Marshawn Lattimore, Tredavious White, studs. We already talked about Desmond King. Uh, Shaq Griffin, man, he regressed big time as a sophomore, but he had a good rookie season 
uh, for Seattle. Gary and Conley looks like he has the makings of a shutdown corner for the Raiders. Uh, Adoree Jackson has been a good pick for the Titans. He was targeted like 110 times last year and gave up uh, a completion, I think, on like 60%. Yeah, 62.9% of his targets uh, after being targeted 105 times last year. So you know, he's been tested and, and played well, and I think he'll take another step this year and be a good cornerback there for the Tennessee Titans. So look at me, Jordan Lewis has been flashing for the Cowboys, so has Chidobia Woozy. So you look over these corners and you're like, again, man, we've got a lot of good players that are that have carved out good roles, big roles, important roles for their teams and rewarding them with really stellar play. So um and the defensive backfield has been good. There's been contributors at linebacker. Um, maybe where things get a little bit dicey is when we talk pass rushers. I mean, Miles Garrett's been good. TJ Watt's been good. Tock McKinley's been okay. Dietrich Weiss will probably take a step forward here uh, with you know with the Patriots now that Trey Flowers is not in the mix. He was picked number 131 overall. Really fits their mold in terms of long, heavy-handed guys. Carl Lawson, if he can stay healthy, we know the impact he can make. Uh, but another injury to add to his long list uh, got him last year. John Allen, I, I wrote about this in the article. Like John Allen, he he only played like five games as a rookie, but he was outstanding last year. Uh, really looked like the player we saw at Bama. So get it on your radar. John Allen's a good football player. He's worth that number seventeen pick. So. Um, don't dismiss him when you're thinking about this Redskins defense. Larry and Larry Ogunjobi, uh, Browns pick at number 65 overall, third round, has been a really solid player as well. Um, some good flashes, man. His game, I, was, I don't know if it was his rookie year or the last year against the Saints, man. He took it to Max Unger, like really destroyed him. That was fun to watch that football game. Um, let's see here. Is there any other defensive lineman worth noting here? Um, hmm. Sol- uh, I mean, we've got to talk about Solomon Thomas, the number three overall pick. I mean, he, he's played pretty decent against the run, but he really hasn't lived up to you know being the number three overall pick. I mean, you, you saw the 49ers go out and draft Nick Bosa number two overall. They traded for D Ford and gave him big money, um, and that says a lot. That sends a big message to me to Solomon Thomas when they already have Eric Armstead and DeForest Buckner in the mix too. So. Look, he's yeah, he's got to he's got to put it all together. He can, right? I mean, the the book's not written on him, but it's year three, time to produce. Same thing with Taco Charlton with Dallas. I mean, he's been a major disappointment. A couple of decent flashes, but by and large, he's he's not been anywhere near worth the uh, number twenty eight overall pick in the draft. So, um, probably, I mean, there's been some good defensive linemen, but I don't think that there's quite been the depth there. A couple other guys to point out. Dalvin Tomlinson's been a good player for the uh, for the New York Giants. A little bit more of an impact as a pass rusher that maybe than maybe I was anticipating, uh, but he's really gotten after it both as a run defender and a pass rusher for the Giants. And De- Devon Godchow for the Miami Dolphins um, really started to flash and come on last season. Uh, they took him number one seventy eight overall in the fifth round. So. Uh, he's been he's rewarded them for that selection by look I mean he's probably going to be a starter for them and he's been pretty good so uh, that's good value late in the draft and I think that he, they probably look at him as one of their um, exciting young pieces on that on that defense so a lot of good football players in this year 2017 uh, NFL draft some busts right I mean when anytime you do a redraft and you've got 12 new players in the first round that didn't get drafted in the first round just two years ago. It kind of speaks to um, 
you know, maybe some of the value later on. And, and you heard me talk about a lot of the other positions and where later on in the draft they, they teams found starters. So um, I think we look back on this 2017 draft, and I think there's very positive things to say, and I'm anxious to see how these guys evolve uh, because there there's really been, you know, some real superstars. I mean, Patrick Mahomes, if you were to do a redraft of the entire NFL, he's going to be the first player taken. And, you know, there's a lot of other exciting playmakers from this group. That's going to do it for us today. Tomorrow is Takes on Takes. Kyle and I will be back, Lord willing, unless there's something I don't know, which I don't think is going to be the case. I know that he's been texting me from the airport today, so I I feel good about us recording and being back for you uh, on the Tuesday podcast for Takes on Takes. Looking forward to it, guys. Thanks so much for listening to Draft Dudes. Kindly ask that you share, subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. And until tomorrow, thanks so much for listening. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.